Quiet Coyote, Quiet Coyote. Welcome to the great before, or as we have rebranded it, the You Seminar. This center is where young souls develop and gain personalities before being transported to a newborn child on earth. Let's make you a shy extrovert, um, you obsessed with sprinkles, we'll have you be an anxious perfectionist, and you, we'll have you pretentious about music and McDonald's. Now, to find your spark so you can get your earth badge. Will it be baking? Soccer? Piano? Drawing? What will be your spark? What does it mean to have a spark? On this episode, we'll be looking at what the meaning of life is and what it means to have a purpose through Pixar's latest film, Soul. This is Truly Universal. Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. Today we have with us some special guests. We have my dearest sister-in-law, Amber. You've heard her before in Princess Podcast. And... No, I was in Hamilton, I think. Hamilton? Yeah. And then we have Cam here. You've heard Hi. her from many other podcasts before, like Zootopia, her and... Good place. Heard you in. Perch. I them all. <laughs> and then we also have here David, who you've just heard in our last podcast on Queen's Gambit. Back to back, baby. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and if you don't recognize my voice, this is Meg. So today we're talking about Soul, Pixar's Soul, which is really funny because normally we have our bit. Does it have a soul? And, you know, the whole movie's about it, so why would we even ask that question? <laughs> but apparently cats can have souls. <laughs> so i just like to start off with all, like, the the fan fangirling or fan-manning or fan-themming questions. Um, so who are your favorite characters or some favorite moments? I really like, well, I mean, I like a lot of different scenes in the movie and different characters. I really like Terry. Uh, mainly because they had like a New Zealand accent, and that's always fun. Uh, it's it's maybe my favorite accent right now. Um... <laughs> I thought you were about to shameless plug um, uh, the Ricky Baker movie. I was, but I can't. Rem- the name of it escapes me. Um, Hunt for the Wilder People on Netflix. Check it out, and then hit me up. Um, <laughs> the uh, I also really like 22, though. Her, like, wonder when she's on Earth is, like, something that I really loved about the movie. And it's something that I relate with a lot because I feel like all the time I'm just, like, seeing things that are... I mean, to a lot of people, just be something mundane. And I'm, like, I, like, really just take it in, like... If there's a leaf on the floor and it stands out, I'm like, wow, look at this leaf. Uh, and and use 30 seconds of my life to admire it. So that scene in Seoul, when the leaf kind of falls down 
and it's like has this significance for 22 like i felt very uh seen in that moment i was like wow see other people like that too you know what we need to stop looking at our phones and start looking at these trees because they got a lot to say <laughs> wow you say an exciting tree. time for you <laughs> you say that tree. you say it <laughs> You just say walk that. by, walking by, and they're like, wait, 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 shh, did you hear that? Did you hear the tree? <laughs> no, I think that's and then you just something. like break out into song. You just go full Please, I want to see David I... break out into song. <laughs> it happens. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Um, my favorite, well, as a music teacher, eh, do I have to? I shouldn't have to say that, but, but yeah. As a music teacher, of course, I love Joe. Um, I laugh at all of the beginning scenes of the middle school band because, like, my ears are only trained for potential. So, like, you're like one, two. All right, it sounds good. Like to everybody else, it sounds terrible. But like, your ears are just as a teacher, it's just trained for potential. And then my favorite part when like. He's like called outside, and the kid like walks out, and he's like, or he's like, you you saved my ears from, um, you know, from bleeding. And he's like, hey, not you, you're good. And he's like, no, he's not good. <laughs> 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 and I, I mean, not that that happens to me all the time if my students are ever listening. Um, <laughs> but um, also, I just really love like the whole thing with Connie. Um, it was like that small little moments with her, like as just like, I don't know if she's Asian or, you know, some, you know, she's just do being, being a 12 year old kid doing, playing brass and being like, is just so epic and playing jazz. And then the part where he's like, yeah, you get it. She's like, I'm only 12. <laughs> and this was like a very real thing, like that feeling of, um, potential. And then especially when Connie wants to quit, like, millions of times of wanting to quit growing up and then watching like well wait actually I want to keep saying so just watching that you know unfold as a teacher was just so fun and it's so cute because she was like before you she's like before you tell me I can quit just listen to this piece G Mr. G just listen to this and then she just goes in and then 20 spoilers alert um 22 in Joe's body is just like wow you must really love this and then she's like, I guess I do. And then goes on her merry way. I think Connie's one of my favorites. I also, you know, it's like as like a high school teacher, like seeing the other student who like helps Joe get the gig. Like I also liked him too because he just genuinely loves his teacher so much. And like the like the humility it takes to know that like your teacher is like human also and like wanting your teacher to succeed as well. Like how many students do you get like that? I think that's amazing. And that relationship as well, like, that's that's the kind of closeness, like, I'd hope to have with, like, my future students is that when they're doing great things that they call me up and let me know. It's like, I'm not a musician. I have nothing that they can really offer me, right? really. Um, not to say that they have nothing to offer me, but, like, you know, it's like, it's like they're not going to be like, oh, I found you this teaching gig. Like, I don't know if that's going to be a thing. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. Good. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I really like that moment. I like those moments that he has as his students, even though it's, like, at the time, it looks like he's taking it for granted, but it's, like, in retrospect, like, thinking about 
now this is like this is what this is why you do what you do and it's like for a teacher like like for me it's like i'm sure amber you feel the same too like you you do it for your students it's like you don't you don't get paid great especially in private school you like have more like tantrums and more like issues and like more lazy kids than you do great moments but those great moments are great moments and like having students like come back to you and like update you on how you're you're doing how they're doing without you prompting them is amazing like I had a student the other week who just like dm'd me on instagram and was like Miss A, I just want to let you know that that worship playlist that you that you sent me, because I, I do journaling with them, and, like, on retreats, I use the same playlist. I just, like, update it every once in a while. She's like, that's been getting through, like, this is, that's been getting me through this entire week. Like, I, I listen to it on my way to work. I listen to it on my way home. When I'm stressed, I listen to it. And, like, I haven't talked to a student, like, since she graduated, which was, like, last year. And she just, like, out of nowhere, just messaged it, messaged me about that. And so, it's, like, those moments... Like, when you don't teach that student anymore, but you still are teaching them somehow is, like, kind of great. Kim! Dang! Okay, can I have this worship playlist? <laughs> I'll you send it put it in the notes. Put it in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, for me, my favorite character is definitely 22. Like, I love the sarcasm. Like, I know it comes off like it's being a little cynical, but... I don't know. I feel like it's being kind of real, right? Like, it doesn't have, like, this super flowery perspective. But my favorite moment in the whole movie is when 22 is in Joe's body, and then they're going up to Joe's mom. And, like, they have to have the talk with her about, like, no, like, this is what I seriously want to do. And for the first time, even though it's Joe, not as Joe, (laughs) being actually really convicted about his passion, like, his mom finally accepts him and, like, like, accepts like what he wants to do and then like gives him his father's suit i was like i'm not prepared for this and i don't know that was kind of just a sweet moment because i kind of saw that and was like i was like talking about this earlier with matt and i was like my parents told me that real jobs are the ones where you have to like dress up so you have like a uniform or like you have to dress up to go to and it was like oh so i guess um my dreams are not real jobs okay (laughs) it's okay kim it's okay There's plenty of things you can listen to your parents about, but that's not one of them. Sorry. Uh, same with medical advice. Things not to listen to my parents. <laughs> Honestly, I like the mom, too. I like her sass. I really do. I like that she, like... I think it's important to be that kind of parent where it's, like, really being hard on them and, like, until you really hear the truth. Because Joe would have never said the things he said unless unless 22 slipped. Like, remember, like, Joe was like, wait, don't say that. And then, but 22, like, said what Joe was really feeling. Mm-hmm. And that, like, changed things. And it's, like, I feel like when it comes to, like, our parents or when it comes to, like, you know, like, like the people significant in our lives, it's, like, you know, sometimes it's important to filter. And, like, sometimes it's important to, like, really tell them how you feel because otherwise they're not going to know how much you care about something. So I like the mom. And she's Claire Huxtable. Claire Huxtable, guys. And oh Journey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyone jiggle dangle? I love her. I don't know what that is. Go <laughs> we'll back to Christmas. Time, vouching for jingle jangle. It's go back to Rad Christmas. trads aren't done with Christmas. Ends February, too. <laughs> Just go. Just go. <laughs> okay. So, next segment, Would You Rather, because I love me some Would You Rathers. So, number one, would you rather pass on to the next life? Just, you know, go ahead, Dad. Or be a mentor to new souls. 
I guess I would rather be a mentor. I think it would be fun. I mean, I, 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 I appreciated, but also was confused by like Mother Teresa's presence in the movie. <laughs> where they're like, <laughs> I mean, I guess it was good in that they portrayed her as she's very nice to everyone except Twenty Two. Kind of took her to the edge, which was funny. <laughs> so oh, I like that. It would be good to impart, you know, some of this wisdom to a new soul. But it seems like, do the souls really take the wisdom? Because if they immediately become babies, so is it is it stored in there? I don't know. That's a different question. <laughs> Does the soul I'll, have uh, a soul? <laughs> chew on that. Have but a hidden yes, soul. <laughs> I'll I'll put off death. More time. Overtime. OTV. <laughs> So, like, what, what, where does that wisdom go? Does it just, like, maybe when they, like, when they're alive, it's like, you know, like, you see quotes from, like, saints and, like, people that died, and you're like, wow, that one really speaks to me. What if that's, like, what it's like for them? It's like the wisdom that was imparted on them, like, wow, that speaks to me. I wonder why. And it's like, because they mentored you at the youth seminar. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine your mentor, like, really being, like, some epic saint from, like, I don't know. That would be, I don't know. I'm just trying to be anybody. Could be anybody. But we're Catholic, so we believe saint, any saint could be our mentor now. Ah! <laughs> sorry, sorry, level five. Ah! Stay, so out red, stay out the red. Stay out the red. Stay out the red. Stay out the red. I think yeah. I would love. I would love to be um, to to kind of live live out like m- mentorship and like. I mean, the, the, even the whole entire idea of becoming a saint, you know, and then being that really only being successful in a sense, if you are doing that for other people too, like helping other people get there. But it's just so funny because it's just like for these little baby souls and like, you know, that you're just, I think, you know, unpacking in a bigger thing, whatever David was asking. Yeah, maybe like somewhere in our like soul i don't know blueprints there are these little what? things that like, <laughs> i, I don't know you all could see like, <laughs> wait, hold on. i'm gonna record this so i can put it in the bts this is me creating a soul blueprint um mm-hmm. and i'm right i'm you know this is where like oh i had um i don't know i have this random story in my brain that I, that like when i was like five i randomly thought selena was my guardian angel so maybe like, <laughs> i don't know i thought selena could have been like Wait, she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do the this one the my soul uh blueprints my soul prints there you go it's like this like diagram (laughs) almost like tutting but not the story's gonna be can you guess what amber is explaining in this next episode Uh, but yes yes, the reward of being a mentor and a a teacher and being able to experience that aha moment with your your student would be cool i feel like i definitely would want to be a mentor i feel like i like the idea of like them just not even just like finding their spark, but just seeing them get excited about something, you know, because I feel like when you're on earth, you kind of just take it like, yeah, you kind of take for granted a lot of things, right? Like, um, I kind of see in the sense of like when he was showing 22, like pizza and he was just kind of like, meh. And I was like, what is this? What is wrong with you? Are you not excited about pizza? But then seeing like, New Yorkers like, meh about pizza. 
<laughs> right? And then, like, when he's, like, um, like on his, like, earthly form, right? Like, he has pizza for the first time and his world has changed. Like, just be able to, like, see that joy, I think, like, is really just life-giving. Plus, I like the idea that, like, if you want to, like, opt out at some point, you can just go to the great beyond, you know? <laughs> it's not too late. You know what? <laughs> I'm kind of done. I wish I could do that. Am I the only one here who's just like, I'm taught out, you know? Like, <laughs> if I was dying, I'd be like, I'm all taught out. Like, <laughs> teaching, like, hundreds of kids a year. Like, I'm done. Just let me go. <laughs> Should we have escalator running? <laughs> it's like, at least it's like, I teach, like, a hundred something kids per school year, right? Like junior seniors. At least it's like, you know, like the the likelihood of at least one success is like greater where it's like if it's just one on one, you're just like, well, like <laughs> uh, <laughs> if it don't work, like <laughs> anyways. Yeah. No, I mean it'd be so fulfilling to spend my last moments of consciousness <laughs> before so... you finally rest. <laughs> Anyways, next, would you rather? Would you rather know from the very beginning what you're meant to do and spend your life becoming an expert in it? Or would you rather be set on something else, then be surprised by what you're meant to do? Like the but- like not the butcher, the barber. So would like- you rather be one of those people where it's just like, from the very beginning, I knew I was going to be a golfer, you know, at the age of two. And that's just all I did for my entire life. That's and now, sad. like, I, I won all these championships at 13. I don't know. I feel like I would, unpopular opinion, I feel like I'd want to know, like, from the beginning. I think about it in the sense of, like, uh, trying to figure out, like, what my purpose was or trying to figure out, like, what I wanted to do or what I was really interested in. It led to a lot of college debt, like, to be switching majors and, like, trying different things. So, like, (laughs) while my heart says, like, oh, I want to, like, find it, like, embrace that journey, you know, my debt says otherwise. So I think I want to (laughs) know. That's hella real. I definitely feel that, though. Like, I kind of, I mean, I'm also in debt, you know. It's always the people with, like, the low-paying jobs that end up in hella debt. Teacher life. Um... (laughs) I mean, it's like, I, I like, I look back and I'm just like, oh, I kind of wish, like, I was like a really good artist and I like, just like dove into that for like ever. Like, I love art, but, and I love doing it, but you know, it's like I did APR in high school. And then like, after that, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of the life. Well, my, also I have Asian parents who told me that this is just a hobby. Um, but then at the same time, it's like looking back at my journey now, it's like, not, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do teaching for the rest of my life. But the way I got to teaching was rough and it was difficult and like the stuff that I had to go through to get where I was was really hard, but has been extremely rewarding. And maybe it's just because it's teaching and it's like one of those things where like, you just like the emotional investment is unreal. Um, But I definitely like would not trade this path for the world, you know? It's like, even when I think about like, I wish like my life was this way, I wish I knew right away. Like, I just see, like, the faces of my students, and I'm just, like, and then I see my loans, and I'm just, like, maybe, maybe I would. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Is there a financial shortcut? <laughs> I think that not knowing, it's actually, like, it makes life more, like, I mean, there's there's so many options, guys. Like, you can do anything. Um <laughs> 
And to be able to like explore, I guess is the word I was looking for is there's something uh, exciting about that. It's, you know, if you were just told like, this is what you're going to be, maybe you would, you would uh, reject it. And then you'd, you'd be lost forever and the lost souls are, I don't, I don't know what that portion of the movie is. Um, but I like the, the thrill of, of exploration. Like for me, kind of in my life when there's some kind of a big event or maybe something bad happens, that's kind of exciting uh, to me because it means that life is happening. This, what's happening right now is life. There is something on the other side of this. Just have to get there. Uh, stay on, stay on the boat. Um, it's an ex, it's an exploration. That's my answer. Yeah. I think I agree. I like the um, being able to be pleasantly surprised by, you know, how life can how life can end up, and um, and I think you know even just thinking like I didn't I didn't plan on becoming <laughs> a teacher or a Catholic school teacher, and then thinking that I would love it as much as that I I do, and it was just a complete surprise. Like I went to school. I went, I stayed, I I was an art major and a political science major. I can't be you, Cam. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> but, um, and, and just being pleasantly surprised by how, you know, how God can, can reveal that, that part of, of life and how he works with either you are the expert at, as a child and then you kind of have like, no, dad, this is your dream. This isn't my dream. You know, like you have, you might have that moment and like, no, I don't belong in the family business or, you know, and then you, you kind of shift gears. Um, and I just feel like being able to allow yourself to be pleasantly surprised um, is nice because there's, there's no like limp again what is this gesture you can't see it guys but there's a gesture here of a, <laughs> of a limit <laughs> and you just the limit does not exist the limit like you're like unzipping your body to reveal an alien like that that one was weird but this the one first makes one? sense <laughs> i didn't know how, it didn't exist because a soul print doesn't exist i didn't know how to anyways yeah limit does not exist there you go limit does not exist so, on to our third and final, would you rather, would you rather be in a cat's body controlling your body but someone else's soul? Or would you rather be in a body but being controlled by a cat? Like, Second, I just wouldn't like, listen to the cat. <laughs> what if the cat's the cat? evil? I'm scared. <laughs> what if the cat Ooh, is going to yeah. tell me to do things? <laughs> Spicy, that's a whole nother movie. And, you know... <laughs> Like, he was just telling me to do things that were, like, not good. I'm like, you know what? We're going to turn your body around. And I'm just we're going to confession. <laughs> turn your body around is a bad. I just imagine, like, red cat like this cat telling Amber, so you're going to take that red Solo cup, and you're going to chug it. <laughs> you're going to do a keg stand. You have to do this. I have to find my destiny. And we're just like, okay. You can't do it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> I don't even know why I would be anywhere near close to a cat if I was in the other person's body because I would be allergic. Unless I'm in, I'm in that other person's body. body. If that other person's body is not allergic, 
then and that other person's buddy is not allergic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a cat either, Cam. I don't like cats. Now, I'm if sorry. I was a dog, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> How would you choose a dog? It'd be different. Do what I want Machi to tell anyone to do? Does he not? <laughs> Get me treats. Get me. It's a natural relationship between humans and dogs. David, what would you do? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't like cats either. Um, <laughs> it would be interesting to kind of see yourself from like the third person perspective. I think, and that's just from me growing up playing like need for speed the race car game and always preferring to be in the view where i could see the whole car instead of being like inside the car mm -hmm. it's just more you know more precise but uh so like man i could really perfect my walk and my my uh posture if i'm looking at myself in the third person I'm like hey stand up straight david hey watch your walking gait you just you're wasting this is not efficient you know you could walk so much better than this i'd love to tell myself it's like Got a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just gas yourself up like, you know what? You're doing great. You're doing great. Be your own hype man. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Though you know what? I, I that would probably I think that's a good perspective on it. I would want to at least maybe see if someone could handle my life better. <laughs> like, oh. I yeah, you're right. I probably do take that for granted. I I could it's do like better. Okay, switch here's my here's my idea. Like this is this is what I want to do. How, what do you think, person in my body? It's like yeah, maybe we think about this. I'm like you know I never thought of it that way. <laughs> That'd be fun. The so in the movie or in that part where 22 is a cat and or no 22 is in Joe's body and Joe's in the cat's body. And when he realizes, like, oh, I have to be at the show at 7, I thought it was going to turn into, like, the cat shows up and plays. <laughs> it's going to be, like, some ratatouille cat, you know? Like, all oh, of a sudden, like... cat's a musician in his hat. I mean, I Any... a cat makes sense when it comes to jazz. That's the appropriate term. Jazz so. cat. Yeah. yeah. Actually, this is... So here's my issue with this movie. Hot take, okay? <laughs> Listen up, everybody. David's hot take, everyone. Oh, hot takes. Hot takes. This movie is called Soul. There's no soul music in the movie. It's jazz music. I was really disappointed. I said, come on, where's the soul? And weird, like, synth, like... 80s video game Whoa. music when they're in. Hold on. Oh, yeah, Hold on. You can't before. do this. You can't do this hot take and hate on the music. You don't like the music? I have nothing against jazz music. I love jazz music. It's you know great, that. It's the great before music where it's like you could have. <laughs> I love it. I, I, well, we went down this like deep dive of like why they went with. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Trevor. What's his name? No. <laughs> Trevor and uh, Nine Inch Nails, right? Like, why they went this route and then why they had, like, John Batiste. And, like, they were very intentional about, like... And I think that's another one of my favorite parts of the movie is, like, being able to, like, have all of this weird ethereal celestialness of, like, the great before or even, like, the great beyond having a specific sound. And then on Earth, when, they, when they're back, it's just completely just, like grounded heavy um even in that scene that audition scene where they're like 
vibing off of each other, um, just like all of the intention behind it. And then getting those two artists to like work together is like one of my favorite parts of it. So anyways. Wow. Good thing we have an actual musician on this podcast. <laughs> I'm a musician. Take that! <laughs> I took your hot take and I, I don't, I, yeah. And you wrapped it up and you made it into a nice hard gal. It was delicious to eat. <laughs> All I'm saying is, what if the movie was called Jazz, okay? That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're not turning into jazz. They're turning They're into jazz. <laughs> They're souls. They're jazz. souls, David. They're not. They're not jazz. They're jazzing. We're jazzing. We're jazzing. We're jazzing, We're jazzing right now. It's good. <laughs> All right. Speaking of souls, imagine you're a new soul walking into the hall of everything with your mentor. What do you think you'd get sparked by? Or another question. What are the little or big things that spark your life? I just thought of like. Does that bring you joy? And I was like, hmm. I thought Cam was going to say sprinkles. I was. But I was like, I was trying to think. And I, was, I was thinking at my sentence. And I was like, is sprinkles a large thing or or a small thing or a big thing? They're small size-wise, but they're big because of the quantity that I consume them in. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would just say, like, I don't know. It's kind of food that kind of sparks those joys, you know? Like, I tell people, I'm like, I'm a completely different person after you feed me. Like, I go from, like, meh to, like, great, you know? And I feel like, yeah, it's something that you kind of take for granted because I can take for granted the fact that, like, I was craving Chevys and so I got Chevys because I felt like it, you know? I think for me, the hall of everything, like, I would just, like, I don't know if you know that that Simpsons meme gif, gif thing where it's, the grandpa, and he walks into the bar, he puts his hat on the thing, he takes his hat off, and then he walks out of the bar, where I'd just be like, wow, this is everything, and then that would just spark it, and then I would just leave, like, yep, that was easy. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, if there's just, like, some sunshine or something, like, shining on something, like, wow, that's beautiful, let's get out of here, let's get down there, let's figure this out. <laughs> I want to see this in real time. Let's get this let's life go. started. Let's get jazzy. I feel like I would probably be very food driven too, considering what sparks my life now. And um, my dad always tells the story because I was I was a late baby, so I was supposed to be born like August twenty fifth or something. I was supposed to be born late August, and then I was born September first. Um, but it was like a really quick delivery compared to my brother. And so my dad would <laughs> my dad my dad would joke. He's just like. Oh, like Meg stayed in longer because she's lazy and wanted to be fed. And then she realized real food probably tastes even better. And so she popped out. And I was like, thanks, Dad. (laughs) So I feel like maybe that's what was going on with me. Like, I was just like kind of stuck looking at all this food for too long. And then I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the real real stuff because I can't taste it all here. I mean, it's cheesy for me, but like, if I was, if there was, you know, really an example in the hall, I don't know how they would show it in the hall of everything, like a big, like ensemble or I don't know, like some kind of Broadway or like just some kind of live music. And then you get to feel that swell. I'd probably be like, oh yeah, let's go now. Yeah. That would probably like give me hypes. So that would be 
my spark or ice cream. But, you know. <laughs> why or? Why can't Potatoes. it be and ice cream? And both and. That's who we are. There we go. You can have multiple things spark you. There could be like a whole ensemble singing about ice cream. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> so Cold Stone. So Your mentor was like... <laughs> Actually, oh, does re- bring me joy. <laughs> I had a flashback to the first time I met Eddie. The first time I met Edmund Reduta was he was serving me and my brother ice cream when we were little. And so he just grew up like we grew like he watched us grow up from behind the cold stone counter. And so like the first time like he met me and my brother in real life, he looked at my brother and said his ice cream order from cold stone because my brother's very like stuck in his ways he's just like i like this i get this always and then he was like yeah like i couldn't say it to you i just had to learn your name because you always wanted to try things that were different and i was like sounds like us <laughs> anyways eddie if you're listening miss you love you thanks for the ice cream thanks for all the ice cream he always did it quickly because sometimes you're at cold stone and like they're like mixing it and then it melts and you're just like by the time it gets to you it's basically cold soup. But like Eddie was always very efficient. My ice cream was always intact. It's great. Okay, next question. What did you want to be when you were younger? I hate this question. I had Asian parents who told me what to write on my like little about me posters. No, 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 Cam. <laughs> no, 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 Cam. Work past it. What did you want? What did you want? Down, I when your parents forced you to, what would you wish you were writing down? I have no idea. Literally, all my about me posters say that when I grow up, I wanted to be a Supreme Court justice, and like oh, nice. <laughs> that was real bold for like a six year old. And they'd be like, "What is that?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> that a good answer i don't know that's really sad do you want to be a future supreme court justice cam no i sat into law classes and realized i just don't enjoy law and was like "Ooh, this ain't it <laughs> i think i like the idea of cam like justice oh. Oh. just do it for the ig handle <laughs> and then retire right after <laughs> <laughs> Do it for Actually, the can Supreme Court, can they retire? Or they, is it like the Pope? Till yeah. death do this part? No, if they retire, if they retire, that's it. They dunzos. Mm. They can't come back. But yeah, definitely not the same of what I wanted now. <laughs> I feel like if I could go back, I'd want to go back and do art. I definitely like, I don't want to say I regret doing poli-sci, but I wish I had like the finances to be like, no, I'm going to pursue what I want to pursue. But yeah, <laughs> now I know your dreams, mom and dad. Now I just have all this use, useless knowledge that people only care about because of Hamilton and because now they're woke. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my degree became. <laughs> You're valuable. Your knowledge is valuable now. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I mean. It was always, like, I think I always wrote singer, artist, something. Or, like, writer. Then then I didn't want to write anymore. I wanted to do, like, illustrator things. But I remember distinctly, like, being, like, a kid and, like, following the little train. Like, I thought the music notes were, like, train tracks. So I was like, ooh. And, like, following that when we were in church. And then the girl... Like, that was the cantor. Like, she literally sounded like Leah Salonga. And I was like, wow, she's cool. And I sound like that. 
Um, so I really want, and then I remember in like the sixth grade, we had to write like your sixth grade dreams in your yearbook. And I was like, I want to write, you know, this is me still being painfully shy, but like wanting to like write songs and travel the world. And I mean, I got to travel the world and didn't write songs, but it was still, you know, it's, it's funny because like I threw that aside, like all of those music dreams and never really like pursued music in high school and I just did all like art all of high school um and then when I was just doing music for fun in college it was it was like I had this conversation with a neighbor one time and he was like I was like yeah I think I might major in music and then he said why would you do that that's like a waste of time and I was like, what? okay. You're a waste <laughs> like, of time. I literally talked to this neighbor maybe like <laughs> once, I don't know, once or twice a year. And I'm just like walking my dog. Like, I don't understand why. Okay. Thank you for your input. But the the really kind of moment that felt like fulfilling years later is me dressed up as an elf to go to the Christmas tree lighting downtown to lead my choir, my choir kids in like performing at the downtown you know christmas tree lighting and i'm like yeah you know hi how are you doing neighbor i'm a music teacher and you know yes i'm dressed like an elf but i freaking love my job so it's a good feeling changing kids lives what are you doing neighbor still cutting the same bush <laughs> still being really Jud- judging teenagers <laughs> your lawn says that you should take more care of it <laughs> oh <laughs> neighbors you don't mind their biz maybe that was your michael jordan moment like where you know this person they offended you and you're like that's all it took and then you had that you had that fire you had that vengeance to yeah. become a great music teacher. i don't see amber with fire and vengeance <laughs> <laughs> it's on the inside it's on the inside in my soul print um when i was younger I mean, I still do. I've always loved art and I've loved drawing ever since I was little and kind of maybe fourth grade or fifth grade. I, when, you know, when they start asking you those questions, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I mean, you could like, you could say artist or something, but you know, at that age, you know, a bunch of kids, they say it. So I was like, I'm going to come up with something a little bit, a little bit more spicy. So I was like, you know what? I like art and I'm not that bad at math. So I'm going to go with architecture, just kind of combine the two. So I would tell people that I wanted to be an architect, which is, I mean, it was cool. And people were very like, they were more accepting of that, as you would imagine, than just somebody saying like, I'm an artist or I want to be an artist. And because that's how the world is, you know, they're like, where's the, show me the money. And it's like, artist versus architect, show me the money. And then you point to one, there's more money than... Anyways, and I kind of followed that for a while, like pretty much through high school and uh, almost majored in that in college um, before going to seminary. Did you enter USF for architecture? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I I did get accepted to do it and then I decided not to. So dodge that bullet you know because the math (laughs) the math is a lot different from fifth grade (laughs) (laughs) we're also not in seminary mark is living out your childhood dream (laughs) next question (laughs) (laughs) 
when when I was a young warthog, I almost said that, but I didn't want to be obnoxious. You know, I didn't want to waste more time that I already <laughs> have. I've been, I've been wasting a lot of time. Oh, we know which soul he came from. <laughs> Just erase everything David said so far, even. Just cut him out right now. Wait, no, we have the same audio because we're on the same way. Ouch. Sorry. Um, this is where I win. <laughs> Anyways, so when I was a child, I, let's see, I, I wanted to be a variety of things. Let's go through the list of things I thought I wanted because that's what my parents wanted me to do. My parents wanted me to be a nun. So that was on my list. Know what that meant when I was younger. Parents wanted me to be a nurse, and I like that was my plan all the way up until senior year. I was great at math. I was great at anatomy. I was great at all these things, and it just like did not feel right. And like in like the last like quarter of high school, I decided that I wanted to do psychology, and so I went for that, and somehow got into marketing, and then became a teacher. Um, but I think. Um, what I always wished I wrote on all those worksheets and stuff, like, I wish, like, I wrote, like, artist or something. I know in, like, high school, I thought about being, like, a graphic designer. Um, like, when I was doing AP art, my teacher was just like, why aren't you doing art in college? And I was just like, because I don't get money. And then she was just like, that's right. (laughs) 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 You're right. (laughs) And that's why I stopped doing it. Good, do it. And I'm just like, you can't. Or else. My parents are going to help me with college. Um, I know they probably help me regardless, but definitely an empty threat. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to do something artsy. I think I wanted to be a vet- veterinarian, too, because I loved animals. Um, but, yeah, here we are. And I'm still changing. I'm still thinking, like, do I want to be a child psychologist? Do I want to go back? So we'll going to be like Dr. Borgensen. I see pain. <laughs> I see a butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you never have to pay back your student loans if you keep just going to school. (laughs) What? I need to find a sugar daddy. (laughs) Same. Only reason. Quite an independent woman, but loans are different animals. (laughs) So as Catholics, we believe that our vocation is based on innate desires in our hearts, something that's like written in our souls, right? We consider like um, the map to God's plan is written in our souls. So for those of us that, like, have a job that we love to do, like, what do you see that in what you're doing? Like, these, like, random little, like, desires that you've always had that suddenly became a very big part of your current vocation or current career? Like, I think, like, an example for me, it's, like, I grew like I grew up just, like, I loved helping people. I loved, like... I loved teaching people things and I didn't know that it was teaching yet. I was doing confirmation. I never saw, I never saw it as a career path I'd want to take, um, to like teach about God and to like work through this, um, in like a kind of mentorship kind of way with like younger people. Like I think when I was in college, like I just loved like mentoring kids in high school and their faith. And then all of a sudden it became my career. It became something that I was paid to do. Um, so, like, I kind of saw those desires being played out in, like, my current vocation of, like, I love being creative and creating, like, lesson plans. And then, like, I love, like, mentoring the youths. The youths. Yes. The youngins. <laughs> the babies. I think it's important to distinguish between vocation and career. Kind of like vocation is 
right primary vocation to love or just you know be close to god and then uh different vocations of like marriage or religious life and then like kind of the tertiary like the third one that's like okay so how are you going to support that you know or like what are you going to do uh day to day that kind of supports that i think that's more where career falls in cuz i think uh a lot of people they might get scared like that their vocation is their career so like oh once you pick this career you can never change it uh but that's not really the case like you can you're not you're not uh married to your career i guess in the sense whereas if you are a married person then you are actually married to your vocation um yes amber pointing <laughs> no good luck um, <laughs> I just kidding, everyone. I, we I love, love him. We love really married out here. Just, she's married to my brother, right? I just gotta understand. I just gotta <laughs> I really love him. <laughs> so she's married now to Urban Picks. Yeah, so <laughs> if you, maybe you're in a career that you don't like, like, hey man, you can get out. You can get out. This is your sign. This is your sign. <laughs> get out now. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're right, David. And I just like get up and leave. <laughs> like the guy, and I was just like, I'm free! <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. That was a great, great moment. Uh, when we were doing, like, or when me and Rents were, like, doing this, like, deep dive into, um, like, the director, like, Pete Doctor, like, who made Inside Out, and, you know, like, he started doing animation as a kid, like, he, um, he was drawing, like, Peanuts cartoons, and his fourth grade teacher was like, you should draw your own cartoons, and he's like, I can do that. And like, so that was like his, his moment. And, you know, when he made Inside Out, like he thought that that was it, you know? And then that feeling just, just like stuck, you know, like what, what else is there? And then, you know, now we have soul because of, you know, that, that same feeling of like, what else is there? And I feel like, I don't know if this is, I mean, I've only ever been Catholic, but I feel like the Catholic young adult world kind of like glorifies like, what is your vocation gonna be? Are you? I don't want to say glorifies it, but in a way where like, if you don't figure it out, something's wrong with you, and like that's, you know, that in itself is 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 problematic because it's like, um, you know, being being able to feel like that, that contented moment that Dorothea talks about, you know, being like this is the this is the ocean. No, this is water. This is the like. There's something, you know, being <clears throat> being okay with where where we are, like. I remember being like in college and, you know, studying like just regular general ed classes and just feeling like, okay, what's going to happen and doing all these novenas and prayers and stuff that like good Catholics are supposed to do and still fumbling with all of these like mistakes and, you know, going through different kind of heartaches and pains and whatever. And like, doesn't mean like, oh, now that I have achieved marriage, like my life is... I love my husband. <laughs> like I love him. There's this picture on you, the wall. You ain't got to tell me twice. I get it. I get it. <laughs> he's a great. No, he's really great. Um, but like that doesn't mean you know my life is just this suddenly like this end all you know be all moment that like okay that's it. And I feel like um, where am I going with this? <laughs> I just feel like um, there's just always going to be more, even though even if we're in these like beautiful in-between moments of life of like between like trying to figure out what, what the next or trying to discern the next thing, 
like I think God is constantly that's what makes it a vocation. He's just constantly calling us to more. Um and so like I feel that now. Like, do I want to stay, you know, in teaching as a music teacher forever? I don't know. Like, is you know, what's gonna be the next, you know, pull for us in our in our marriage or, or is there greater things for us to go back into ministry? We don't know. And I think God does go back to I'm gonna go back to my soul print. I feel like he does go back to those soul prints that really go back to like our primal instincts from when we were just like children. And he, he goes back to those moments that brought us joy. Um, those little things that, that still bring your heart to life today. I think that's still a very important part of our vocation because that's how your soul is made. What did we love? Like when we were innocent before, like all the dreadedness and like, I appreciate you saying that. And I also appreciate you like, like clarifying the difference between career and vocation because I think definitely like when when you grow up like in these ministries there's like this glorification of like these different versions of what it means to have a meaningful life right which is like something you see in the movie as well like so many like Joe totally idolized like his purpose as being this great piano player versus like really understanding like meaningful moments in life aren't just in that and it's like there's so many times where it's like as Catholics like you know, like you go to see those like youth conferences and they totally idolize either doing priesthood or getting married, right? And it's like so I hate that stuff. Anyways, I mean love it, love that for you. Hate but I just like hate that like there's that idolization because then when you're going through high school, it's like that shouldn't be the only thing you're thinking about. Um, because your vocation can have that secondary thing or tertiary thing of of like what's your career. It's like that's something to be thought about too. Um, and then like when it comes to vocation, it's like you should, if you're a young adult, you should have a vocation by the time you get to the adult ministry or like you should have a vocation by the time you get married. And it's like those things change as well. Um, you know, marriage and priesthood and religious life don't change, but you know, the career and like how you support that, as you said, change. I don't know. That just reminded me of my youth because I remember when I was doing youth ministry, I had one of my kids who was just like, I feel called to marriage. And I was like, okay. And, and he was just like, he's like, so I need to find a girlfriend now if I'm going to get married. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was bad. I just started laughing. I was not okay. I was not a good youth minister. <laughs> It would be really frustrating, though, because, like, yeah, they would grow up with this idea that, like, yeah, once they figure out, like, what they are called to, like, all of a sudden, like, everything is going to be, like, easier for them. And it's just, like, no, like, you still have to make decisions. You still have to, like, choose to, like, pursue these different things. Like, it's not like, oh, you're going to get married. Well, okay, well, now your life is complete. You're good. And I'm like, hmm, that's not how that works. And um, financially, that's not how that works either. <laughs> <laughs> Loans, we got loans. <laughs> loans, debt. Life looks different when you got loans. I'm just saying. <laughs> On the other side of loans. All right, our next question. So, in in the movie, there is a part in the U seminar where there is literally just like the mentors take their new souls to this this hall that shows all their like greatest achievements or what that person considers their greatest achievements or like the things in that in that person's life that they seem to hold on to a lot um when you see joe's achieve joe's hall of you you're kind of like who 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 curated this and then 22 tells joe you did this is all from you uh and so 
what if, if we're at the end of life, you're a mentor, and you're taking your mentee through the hall of you, what would you hope shows up? And this could be things that have happened or things that, you know, may happen in the future. Because we're not all, like, in our 70s. We're still pretty young. <laughs> I mean, Joe wasn't... You could die. Okay, listeners. You could die at any moment. I mean, that's what the movie Soul is all about. I told you to watch where you step while they're falling asleep. It's, <laughs> it's Memento Mori. That's another title for this movie. It could be called Soul. Could be could jazz. Could be called Jazz. It could be Memento Mori. I have a candle called Memento Mori, and it's a nice smell. It's a fall, it's a fall smell. It's a little sandalwood, a little cinnamon. Yeah, don't be afraid of death. It's all sad. good. Um, but I guess for me, I mean, I love to make people laugh or like, I love hearing laughter and maybe something that might be in my hall of you. Maybe it'd be like some things that I said that made people laugh. And so like, you just go into the hall and you just hear laughing. Um, that'd be amazing. Maybe creepy after a while. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like a lot of questions. Like laugh, 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 I want a wall of David's jokes, just all of David's all of David's jokes. It would be and, like a gallery wall, like the one you have. Oh, <laughs> it'll be a tier list. <laughs> the last one I can nice. think of is like the Holy stats. Spirit. It the should paracletes. be stats. Like your best jokes. Your par- the Paracletes one has to be somewhere on the wall. <laughs> oh, the puns! Like there'll be a pun <laughs> wall. You have to have stats. Like your stats. best. You're like your best stat or your best pun. Costume pun was oh, costumes. this. Oh, Amber. Amber's would have a call of costumes of just like. <laughs> It'll look like the, what's that museum in Washington where they have like Mr. Rogers sweater and the Joker's costume. I don't know what you're talking about. The Smithsonian. They've, oh. Or is it the Smithsonian? Do they have that? Just Wonder Woman. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be fun. It would also be helpful because I've forgotten a lot of like the good ones are like, man, I wish I remember what I said that one time. Like, I just go back, revisit it. Your mentee is not going to laugh at all those jokes. <laughs> They're going to be like, this does not bring me joy. What happens after Gen Z? After Gen Z, it's going to be Gen what? Like Gen or... They go back to Gen A because Gen A is dead. Oh. Ooh, or no, it's iGen. iGen after Gen Z because they're the oh. iPhone generation. Yeah, and then so like, I don't know, whatever generation that will be. And you're mentoring them, and they're like, "This isn't funny anymore." <laughs> <They're just laughs> like, Puns are cool. That's true. It's like my middle schoolers' humor. You're new soul. How do you know what's funny? <laughs> you haven't lived. I think in my hall of you, um, I hope I would see my. I mean, I'm not in a weird, creepy way, but I, I do want to see like the moments with my students, um, like we did. It's just so funny. We did all these like different traveling things. Like we went to LA for one of our first years. Um, we went to uh, like Great America and like Santa Cruz. Like we would do these things and you don't really do it. Like in my mind, like I know the parents do it for the trophies, but we never did it for the trophies. But like walking back to the bus and hearing the kids being like, wow, this was like the best day ever. And just like having those moments um like the christmas concert moments or like the tree lighting moments like things that like we were able to have in this last year i i wish i recorded more and would love to rewatch in the hall of you just because it's you know yeah this is a really special moment 
<laughs> I feel like in my hall of you, I'd kind of want like this like visual testimony of my life, right? Like I'd want to see like the like, rough years, but then kind of like lead it up to like, I guess where I am now in my young adulthood, right? Where I'm able to like appreciate things more because I remember being like, gosh, I remember being like 14, 15 and being like, gosh, like, is this really what my life is? Like, am I, am I even going to like succumb to anything? Like, gosh, I was so pessimistic. And then like, kind of like bringing it up to like my young adulthood and then like leading it obviously then to like my adult year hood. <laughs> but- but kind of like leading it up to like all the other things that I was able to accomplish and like where I was able to like find joy in things, right? So like, like I don't know, I'd want some like fun stuff in there. I'd be like, this is the number of sprinkles I've consumed, you know, and have that be like a its lot. own little like <laughs> fountain of sprinkles. Infinite, you still are <laughs> as you're dying because you told us to bury you in sprinkles. <laughs> you open the door into the hall of you and it's just raining sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'd want my Hall of You to low-key kind of be like a party, but like with a dessert bar. Hmm, is that a thing? You a could party design with it. a dessert bar? No, I've never heard of it in my life. A party with a dessert bar? Unheard of. <laughs> no, no, nothing else. It's just dessert. Like your entree, oh. dessert. Your appetizer, dessert. <laughs> yeah, there's restaurants like that. Have you watched uh, Chef's Table? There's a restaurateur who creates this bar that's just, like, desserts for everything. Like, there's no, they don't serve anything savory. It's all desserts. Like, your, your appetizer, main course, all of it. She's, she's they stole my up. idea! <laughs> <laughs> or it's, like, the um, the Museum of Ice Cream in San Francisco. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. That, that one like... littered a whole city because of plastic sprinkles. I want my Ooh, sprinkles to bring joy. Ones. That those sprinkles be killing animals in the ocean. Really though, I took home like so many bags of sprinkles because it would get caught in like the cuffs of my jeans. <laughs> They're not even real sprinkles. It's a tease. It's a tease. It is a tease. It could only be accomplished afterlife. <laughs> I really thought Museum of Sprinkles was really gonna have more sprinkles. I told Matt that and I was like I was like Museum, museum Ice Cream. I was like, okay, it had ice cream, but where are my toppings? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make a new museum. Museum of ice cream toppings. <laughs> it's true. Cam. Cam Cam Museum. Use Cam. <laughs> we're we're here to support Sprinkle Cam Nisor. Ooh. <laughs> I think in my hall of you I probably I don't know, like I probably wanna have I wanna like relive like those like aha moments that I've had with my students. Or like I was, because my, my roommate, she's she's in tech, and so she's, like, her dream is to start a company, um, to be, like, the CEO of her own company, and, like, I think I've, like, I, told, I tell her sometimes, I'm just, like, you know, I just, I don't think I'll ever be the CEO of a company, but I'll be the person empowering all the future CEOs, because that's just, like, what I love to do, and so, like, I'd hope to see, like, all the moments that I've empowered a young person to, like, do something with their life, um, but I don't know, is that narcissistic? Um... <laughs> You'll be no. the motivational speaker at the orientation for new hires. <gasps> yeah, I'd be, I'd be Terry the or I'd be Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Coyote, Coyote. Uh, yeah, or like I don't know, reliving like good talks or lectures I gave. That'd be kind of 
Interesting. The hitters, the ones with the I highest stats. Like, yeah. <laughs> this one reached this many souls. This one changed <laughs> this many kids' lives. Okay, why does it sound like monsters being kids like... didn't take drugs? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried my Hall of You is just going to have, like, how many chicken strips from Chick fil A you ate? And, like, hey, that's an know. accomplishment. <laughs> It's just too many. Sorry. So our next question. So in the movie, there's a part where, like, the zone, where you can find either lost souls or people that love something. They're, like, engaging in their thing, and they get in the zone. So, like, there's this kind of desert scape, and it's, like, you see lost souls who have, like, lost their way, and then they seem to be in the same kind of like, plane of, like, existence somehow. The same, like, mental, spiritual plane. The people that are lost souls and the people that get lost in something that they love. And so, um, what are some of those things for you? Like, what are those things that maybe, like, you get in the zone for or you get, like, just, like, lost in? Conspiracy TikTok. How did you get there, Cam? How do you get to conspiracy TikTok? I, I knew she was no, gonna say. <laughs> I have no idea. It just caught me there. No, I, I would say probably like as much as I love politics, like politics can kind of get me there because I kind of get like hyper focused into like that world you're in. You know, like I remember like working in politics, and I was super like I was so much of a workaholic. Like I didn't do other things, and I was so like censored around like just my job because I thought like I really fell into the whole idea that like if I wasn't being productive like I didn't have a purpose and like it kind of brought me to that and so I saw that and I was like wow their lives are so sad <laughs> that's not me anymore <laughs> oh god I hope you don't laugh at people like that <laughs> I think for me I get I get there's like two major things I get really lost in I either get really lost in like when I dive into like a really like like an art creative project so if I'm like painting or if I'm like like crafting something or if I'm like doing calligraphy I just get really lost in it sometimes and I just like what time is it where am I what year is it right and then oh like, you're talking about the I? happy zone I thought you're talking about like you know when he's like like with that mystic either or. Yeah, oh. either or either or um oh, no. so sometimes I could get lost in that too um and then I'd also like I'd say like you know, like, being, like, a social justice teacher, like, I do get lost in, like, a really good lecture that I'm really passionate about, um, but then when, like, I'm diving into, like, those issues and researching those, I, I also, like, become this lost soul of, like, where am I going, like, am I doing enough, I'm not doing enough, and, like, I started putting this pressure on myself, and I'm just, like, is this really what I'm meant to do, like, am I just, like, I get the imposter syndrome, and then I just become this, like, kind of lost soul for a second, um, which is also why, like, I recently decided to go on a social media break because I found myself doing that, like, losing myself, um, and therefore, like, you know, it's, like, it started off being, like, just getting lost in the zone, and then I started losing myself, and I'm, like, okay, I just need to recalibrate, just need to, like, rest and, like, reevaluate where my heart's at and, like, where my mind's at and, like, what I need to do moving forward instead of just, like, digging into this hole. I think musically would be probably the the easiest answer um to be lost in but I can I can honestly say it's been a really long time since I've felt that kind of feeling of being in the zone I mean because it's a very specific like um if 
if it's like with uh like doing worship with like a bunch of other people and not having not been able to do that you know in the last year has been like really you know difficult to not be able to have that in the zone sense or even like playing for a mass um haven't been able to have that kind of same um joyful feeling of just like feeling lost like completely wrapped up in it and in the best way possible um because you're just able to say things um without saying anything which is so cool um but i think another way that would be tied would be kind of like like what meg was saying just like whether it was just maybe ministry or, or doing things for other people and thinking like okay i'm doing a good thing and like you get lost for the best reasons and and with that intent and then all of a sudden it it can it can consume in a way where it's like oh am i am i doing this for myself or especially when everything shut down like oh was it um were my intentions right or now i have all this guilt for not being able to fulfill this or that thing um and so it just kind of like it's a crazy like spiraling um of like getting wrapped up in itself but if you can find like that like balance somewhere of like being able to touch the in the zone without you know losing yourself completely then cool but i'd like to find myself back there again <laughs> i want to change my answer <laughs> i was thinking about this I was no like, more conspiracies Kim. no more conspiracies sorry ethan <laughs> I don't know. I I think now because I'm like actually reading the question because at first I wasn't loading the document and I was like, oh. But I think the thing I got kind of lost in, I think for a good part of my young adult life and I think from like high school up until maybe like a few years ago, I was really like lost in trying to always be like the fun friend. Like I always wanted to be the fun friend. I always wanted to be like the life of the party. So that meant that like, oh, I always had to like show up to everything and that meant, like, because it was, like, a lot of, like, optics. Like, I didn't want to, like, not show up to a party even if I was, like, exhausted. And I'd be like, well, it's fine. I can just put on a happy face and I would go, you know? Or I was, like, trying so hard to, like, kind of give this, like, this appearance of trying to have, like, this perfect life where, like, oh, I had everything planned out. Ha! College. <laughs> but I think, like, that made me, like, feel feel really lost because, like, I really lost myself in that because it was like, oh, I cared so much about optics of, like, oh, like, what are people going to think? What are, like, how are they going to view me different? That I stopped caring about, like, oh, like, what I wanted to do. And so, like, I think I kind of was, like, conditioning myself that, like, oh, like, this is a normal thing, you know? Like, oh, like, yeah, I loved art, but it wasn't, like, the cool thing to do, quote, quote. Or at least, I don't know, at least within the group of people I was hanging out with. So then I, like, stopped doing it. And then, like, once I started to, like, refine myself, it was like, no, like, no, you know what? I like doing these things. Like, this is what makes me happy. In general, like, because, like, maybe some of this audience hasn't, like, really watched the movie or maybe, like, they have this question, too. But how do we feel about the, like, visual presentation of that zone where it's, like... The, it's so close, like, being in the zone and then being a lost soul, like, is so close together. Like, how do we feel about that representation in the movie and, like, what that's supposed to, like, speak to us? Um, I mean, I appreciated that because um, I guess I hadn't thought of it that way before. And I would say it's actually true. Like, the our, our passions could easily become obsessions, um, which I think is what they're what 
they were showing. Like for me personally, I guess mine would be like creatively or like if I'm making something or like a costume or something I'm like, yeah, I'm getting really into this. It's like, this is going to be awesome. And then kind of like how Meg said, it's like, wow, look at the time. Like this is taking way too much time. I broke a vacuum for um, this. Yeah. Um, or I mean, also like sports, uh, maybe for some of the sports minded people is, at least when I watch, uh, especially the World Cup for me, like my favorite kind of team is the Mexican national team. And so like whenever they're playing, it's like my heart is like, it's like, it's really beating fast. And I'm, you know, hundreds or thousands of miles away from this event. And yet it still feels like I'm present and I'm like a part of it. And that can go from being like, just like, okay, this is a game. But then it's like, this is more than a game. There's so much writing on this. <laughs> um, where it can turn into like an obsession or, you know, people, they fall into like uh, kind of sports gambling and stuff like that. Or you can, if you turn on ESPN, like any given point of the day, of the day it's like there's either an actual game occurring or there's there's hours and hours of like analysis that's like, does this even really mean anything? I mean, not really. I mean, you won't know what's going to happen until the game actually happens, you know? And that's a very short amount of time. But, yeah, I I liked how they portrayed that kind of thin line between, you know, a passion or being in the zone and and being obsessed with something in in a negative way. It's like um, how Moonwind was talking about, like, yeah, I was in there before. And I was like, oh, yeah, what was it? It was like Tetris or something. (laughs) 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 And it's like, it's a very, it's a very real thing. Like we, we were watching this documentary um, on like Rubik's Cube, like, uh, what's it called? Oh, like like the competitor wins? Yeah, but it's like, it's a really good Document. Anyways, so, so after that, we just went down this like rabbit hole of like, oh, you know, learning more about these, learning a lot of the rules, and then um, we didn't get too far far deep, but like, you know, trying to find again the the balance of that. That's whatever. I think it's a such a beautiful thing that Pixar did to point out that our passions are not everything, and like it's more, you know, more than figuring out what am I good at or what is my gift like. You yourself is, you You are the gift. Like, you living in this life is, like, enough rather than, you know, what you have to offer or whatever that gift, whatever that thing you discover taking over and consuming you. Because, you know, do you think about all those different careers that had, like, even just athletes or, like, musicians or whatever, Olympians, their whole life is shattered because that thing is just gone, right? Like, I can't even think of gosh, like the high schoolers or, or people that, you know, that really dedicated their time to, to their, you know, being an athlete right now. And like that feeling like it's being completely shattered. And it's such an important movie for this time that we're living in, because, you know, everything that we think we're allowed to do right now, we, you know, it's like, that's not all you're made for, you know, and, and being able to, to see that life was more than that is, is gosh, Pixar, so good. <laughs> so good. So it good. reminds you of like 
these car like I have like some students where it's like they like back pre pandemic like they'd get into they'd have an injury and they can't like play sports and like you always have that that athletes like after their injury they just start failing all their classes and you know it's like they're already like kind of on the edge anyways and then like I I've had these like conversations where students like a like what's going on with you like I know I know you can do better than this and I know that you're better than this. And I know, like, you are so capable. What is happening? And they're, like, like it's not even it's not even one or two students. It's, like, every year I have, like, a couple students who are, like, Miss A, like, all I have is football. And I can't do that. And I can't play the rest of the season. So what's the point? Like, I'm not a good student. Like, I've had so many students, like, that are student athletes who are just, like, I'm not a good student. Like, there's no point. And if I can't have basketball, if I can't have soccer, if I can't have baseball, like, what's the point? It's, like, I don't want to be here. And, and like, I just like have to have that moment with them. And she's like, look, I'm not regular class. I'm not, I'm not math. I'm not science. Like, I don't know how you do those classes, but in my class, like I've seen your reflections. Like I've seen like the, the, your opinion pieces that you've written about these different issues. And like, I love those. Like I can like really see you and hear your voice in those. So like, I have like, where has, where is that version of you? Like I've, I've missed that these last couple of weeks. Like, and like from like reading those, it's like, I know that you are more, than that sport you're more than a football player you're more than a soccer player you're more than a baseball player um and I need you to know that it's important to me and it's crucial to me to that you know that um and like you know like some of them help some of them are just like oh yeah you whatever um <laughs> you know it's like it's important because <laughs> one, like, <laughs> one day they'll know one day they'll figure it out um actually a student graduated already but um he like left the school after the whole incident and like he like told he told like some other student that he saw at a football game was like, yeah, like, that conversation with Miss A, like, saved my life. And I, like, I know it's dramatic because they're, like, high schoolers. Um, but I, like, appreciate that moment. Um, but, like, looking into, you know, it's, like, that plane of, like, the zone plane. I think it's interesting. There's this TED Talk on addiction that this person um, gave where it's, like, you know, like, the cure to addiction isn't just rehabilitation. It's not just, like, cutting cold turkey. It's, like, the cure to, like, addiction um, is connection. And how, like, when we're looking at the zone, it's like when someone gets so obsessed, obsessed or addicted to something, they lose that connection with people. And, like, that's why they're so close to the lost souls, because lost souls feel like that they lose that connection with people. And it's, like, about, like, connection and presence, right? Like, living life isn't about, you know, like, the thing you're obsessed with. Living life isn't about making sure you have a purpose or meaning. It's, like, living life is about having connection and, like, about presence, which I think was really great that Pixar did this movie. Um, and, did, and even though, like, not all kids kind of, like, see it. Like, I had some high schoolers just like, I hate that movie. I just don't understand it. And I was like, but did you try? <laughs> I couldn't say that because I'm, like, in class. I'm like, oh, what made you feel that way? You know, like, you know, trying to keep like, everything no, are open. You soul? <laughs> what made you feel that way? Was there anything you did like? You know, like, all the, the teacher, like, vernacular. The teacher, and, like, teacher questions. guiding questions. <laughs> like, the drawing out. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's pretty accurate how, like, they portrayed that because, yeah, I feel like sometimes, like, it's not even that, like, oh, it's, like, I'm sure, like, these people don't try to, like, those lost souls, they don't try to, like, lose themselves, right, like, on purpose and feel, like, so disconnected. It's the idea that they become, like, so overtly passionate about something that becomes, like, their whole identity, 
like I think they were showing like this guy who was like kind of like a stockbroker guy or whatever, and it's like because that was like his whole identity, like he lost himself in that instead of like taking in like the experiences and the moments. It was really about like having to fulfill that identity, and I think that's like a really important thing, especially for like, especially for like the generations nowadays, just for them to see that like their identity is not just like oh the one thing that they are quote quote good at you know like you're good at being you and like that's enough you know on that note we saw that near like the end of the movie like 22 kind of gets lost like she lived a little that's the reason why she can get into this lost souls category um but we see the way that she talks to herself that has gotten her to this point of getting lost like she she just started replaying all the times spoiler alert replaying all the time someone told her like she wasn't enough he she they they wasn't enough i know all the time you assume it was a girl (laughs) i was like i thought it was a boy because it's i just because i knew that as tina was an actress it was tina fey so that's why i just like when she they so well when 22 (laughs) (laughs) there's so like all the times people told 22 that 22 wasn't enough um all the times that people just kind of criticize 22 for for not doing life right, I guess, or not doing things right. Um, that was, like, I don't know, that was, like, hard-hitting because it's just, like, for us in living life, like, we've had those moments, right? We've had those moments where we were, like, 22 where it's, like, these words, like, really had got, got to us and that's, like, maybe, like, how we got to points of being lost. Like, I've definitely had, like like, chapters in my life where I was just totally lost and, like, all I could do is, like, replay those, like, criticisms in my head or, like, the criticisms I've created in my head, right? Um, so, like, for you, it's, like, when when are those times where, like, you kind of felt, like, 22 and, like, who or what got you out of those? Me all throughout college. <laughs> I think, like, between, like, trying to figure out, like, what I was going to do and, like, trying to be, like the person for like everyone I really got lost and I started just getting really pessimistic about things because I'd be like well like everyone thinks that like my life is so planned but it's definitely not that and so then like whenever I would hear like a criticism I would take it to heart like so much because I'd be like oh see like this is exactly it and it kind of led me to this whole like self-fulfilling prophecy you know of like well like if they say I'm bad, then like, sure, I guess I'm bad, right? And it kind of led me down that rabbit hole. But I think like the thing that really gave me that peace was first just kind of like changing the crowd I was with, like with people who like kind of hyped me up and kind of gave me that reassurance. But also like in a really, I guess, cliche way, like that's why like ministry meant a lot because it was like this whole idea of like, okay, like, yes, people like will fail you at times, but like, like, JC was like my hype man, you know? He was like, oh, you did this? It's good. I already I already did this. You know what? It's fine. You're doing great. And, like, that was, I think, the thing that kind of gave me, like, that inner peace of just, like, okay, like, it's not really about, like, what everyone else thinks because, like, I already have this. I already have this identity, right, as, like, a daughter of God. And, like, that's enough, you know? And I stopped trying to, like, having to compete with myself and, like, who I thought I should be versus, like, who I was at that moment, you know? Yeah, I think, like, um, losing uh, or kind of feeling like – I think everybody can relate to 22 where – I think that's why it makes 22 such a great character um, because of, you know – 
experiencing levels of um cynicism like just the world is just bland and um and and very easily and it was just so interesting because she didn't even get to experience the world yet and completely lost like that sense of um wonder and i think only recently have i've realized how much um i i you know create stories of what other people like what you're saying i create stories of what other people are saying about me even if they're not ever saying it to you like you're asking yourself where does this come from i'm like i don't know no one's ever actually said this to me but it's just something that you know or maybe you you take one comment and that's just again the power of words um and i think why teachers and adults and and parents are so influential on children's lives because they are taking up all those things about what they hear about themselves and that's what becomes fixed in their minds um but I think the the really beautiful part about, you know, humanity and, and why it's just so important, like what Meg was saying about connection, you know, like the only way to get out of the navel gazing is to have someone like help you look out again, you know. Um and um I think Joe being able to um to to really see her um and like see what she was experiencing or what twenty two experienced like on earth and he was like, Wow, this is really really something good and you know i think uh i think that's also just a part of if we don't have that ability to be able to connect with someone um like whether that's physically or you know in you know online or somewhere we're not able to connect being able to just see ourselves the way that god sees us you know just being able to um look on the on the outside perspective out from the outside perspective um kind of like as a stranger and you know, instead of listening to all of those voices, it's like, wow, that truth, no matter what we feel, um, can can always, you know, be able to rescue us. So, yeah. I think this kind of leads it to, like, my final question. But as Catholics, or, like, what we've learned thus far as Catholics as Christians, what truly makes life meaningful? And I know, like, soul is trying, what soul is trying to do and tell us, but... What do we believe as Catholics? What do we believe that's like after years of being Christians? What makes life? I think, uh, I mean, to answer it kind of shortly, it's, it's loving God and loving neighbor and kind of like how Amber was saying, when we see ourselves from God's perspective, like that's the most important thing. Um, I think how sin works is it turns you in like in on yourself and uh kind of like the the lost souls and it takes you know that outside you know grace of god you know to kind of pull you out of it you know through through you know either through you know your neighbor or through the sacraments um that that's going to help you get back to like seeing yourself as god sees you and loving your neighbor seeing your neighbor as god sees them as well so kind of seeing yourself that way and then also seeing others that way um it's challenging but like that's what gives life meaning i guess um and that's a that's a I guess that's a huge statement to say. This is the meaning of life. You heard it here first on Truly Universal. <laughs> um, <laughs> love God and love neighbor. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it, it sounds simple, but obviously, as everybody knows, it's not. So hopefully we all make it. In the great, in the great beyond, I'll see you there. <laughs> David, are you going? We're at the U seminar. We're all gonna mentor somebody. <laughs> I don't know, Meg. You said that you were on the escalator. You were, you were done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm tied out. <laughs> we'll see you on the escalator. You'll be going one direction. We'll be running the other. You know what? I think we'll just end it there. You know, like yeah. that. I think that's it's about that time. It's about that time. <laughs> I think that's all we got time for. And so, let's see, I don't know. I forgot how to end this, Matt. How do I end podcasts? You just have Matt come on at the very end. <laughs> like it's about that time. You don't have to go home. We got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm Meg. H e double hockey sticks. I'm David. Help? 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 I'm David. No, I don't like that. I'm David. This is, I never say that. I never say I told you, you don't have to say it. Everybody already knows my name at this point. Wow. We're just saying bye. We're just saying bye. Just Oh, bye. No. Say your name, bro. Say my name. Bye from David. This is truly David. <laughs> this is David. Good night. Good is morning. Is it my turn yet, yeah, David? <laughs> <laughs> Amber, you're never getting a turn. I'm never going to get my turn. <laughs> I'm Amber Grace. And I'm Cam. <laughs> and this is... <laughs> and this David is truly universal. <laughs> Amen. Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks, All Things to All. Theme song by Demi Guevara. Audio production by Ethan Co. And outro song by Chris Kabilis. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at trulyuniversal at urbanpicks.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.